0: Oh. Recorded live, live from Waikiki in the
1: 1970s, where an ambitious sales clerk today changed the course of history
2: by overcharging a passing English tourist and thus convincing a young John Nathan
3: Turner that crappy Aloha shirts were fashion statements. como my people. como my. It's Doctor Who Podshot.
4: Outpost Gallifrey presents Doctor Who Pachak, episode 94. This is Doctor Who Pachak live for the week of August. um, Is it the 13th already? Today's the 12th. We're recording. And on the show with us, uh, my co host is James Norton in the U.S. Hello, James.
0: In the U.S. What? I'm I'm in the U.K. Yes, I, I only
4: had a few hours of sleep, but I'm still working. <laughs> Much better than last week's <laughs> recording, which you haven't heard yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, James, how, how does it feel to be uh, relocated in the U.S.? <laughs>
0: Gary, strange.
4: Uh, now, t- truth be known, he's in the U.K. And also with us joining us, um, which is. Technically, in the U.S., barely, <laughs> is Darth Skeptical. Hey, guys.
2: How you doing?
4: How you doing, Darth? It's good to hear you, as always.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: And mm-hmm. once again with us is Joe, also known as Omega, Now forms mm-hmm. Mr. Joe, also in the U.S. Hello. Hello,
3: Joe.
4: Hello, Joe. Hello, Joe. Okay. So... Today's topic, Well, before we get on to today, today's topic, which is going to be um, you're the doctor and you get to pick your companions who will it be. Um, but we wanted to just kind of touch upon as we do with these live shows. Now now that we're no longer reviewing each um, previous night's episode as we were before, uh, gives us a chance to, do, to just kind of just brush across some of the news, some of the biggest news stories since, um, since these live shows are hence live. The, um, the most timely of our podcasts so Gandhi uh, who, um, who played Ben, ben Kingsley sir, Ben, ben King. Kingsley thank you is yeah. oh w- spoiler alert spoiler alert oh come on well
0: just to be <laughs> fair yeah, we,
4: spoiler alert uh, <laughs> concerning uh, next series uh, 2008 series 4 is uh, Ben Kingsley is being reported as being cast or wanting to be cast as um, Davros And we do have um, You know Each year there has been a returning Iconic villain um, And each year there's been rumors Of Davros returning which have Turned out to be naught But um, who knows It wouldn't surprise me If that's the one they're saving for next year And that will be the season finale next year Or whatever And and of course every year we have to have Our obligatory Dalek story Whether we want one or not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, not that I'm anti Dalek, but you know, we can go a couple years without a Dalek story and it makes the return that much more have much more that much more impact. But whatever. So it seems like every year we're gonna get at least one Dalek story. And um so this is a way of having a Dalek story and a returning iconic um villain adversary from the past returning.
0: I'm quite interested in this and I really wish that they had done this last series, really, to be honest. But I guess they can't have two iconic um, sort of villains returning in the same series. And then um, we, had,
4: we had a man lick, as Dave has termed him, which is sort of a you know course between a Dalek and a, and, and a human, which Davos was almost as well.
0: Yeah, to begin with anyway. So, I don't know. We'll wait and see, because um, one thing that I've learned from all of this mess uh, with the tabloids and everything, which we kind of discussed in the aftershock, is to take it all with a pinch of salt. I know that they uh, they have been right sometimes, and well, a lot of the times late. But I guess we should just let the production team get on with it and treat rumours as, as rumours until uh um sort of substantiated. I guess, or uh, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. But it's certainly I'm certainly intrigued and interested in. I don't think anybody could. Uh, could dispute that, I think everyone is quite interested about this story, just because you know Ben is such a fantastic actor, so
4: yeah um
0: it's no great caliber
4: you... actor coming to the series if if that's the case, but I mean it won't be the first time that you know someone that with high regard uh, you know has come to the series um joe darth any any comments on it or
3: well um Personally, I don't know why you would cast Ben Kingsley to just play the fingernail of Davros. Uh <laughs> at the rate he was going, that's probably what it is by now.
4: Well, unless it's a because there's some speculation uh, in like the various online forums, or whatever, and, I don't, and they already um, Big Finish has already done this, I believe they did a um, a a um, prequel Davros story, sort of, um, and I don't know how that would be handled or not, or if that's even the direction they are thinking of going, so it could even be be Davros before he's, um, you know, immobilized in a, um, you know, Dalek-type wheelchair, Mm
3: -hmm. who knows? Yeah, I mean, um, I'd have, I really have to wait to see what they do with it, because my initial Reaction to that is sort of to be like, oh, geez, now they're bringing back Davros and now they're starting to bring back parts of the show that were sort of going to where, I don't know, sort of towards some of the uh, more negative parts of the series where, you know, every Dalek story had to have Davros. Yeah,
4: well, that's what it... it, it, I mean, originally, Davros was, uh, you know, I thought it was a great character for Genesis of the Daleks, but then when it got to the point where, like, every Dalek story had to have, you know, him coming back (laughs) in in one form or another, but like you said, it would be a fingernail this time.
3: (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, it wouldn't have been quite as bad if, you know, it didn't seem like he was constantly being killed at the end of every story, but with that said, I... I can understand how people feel that way with, like, the Master as well. When Anthony Anley portrayed him, like, oh, geez, you know, another Master story. He was incinerated. He was, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And he just kept coming back, and he just kept coming back more over the top. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I can see how maybe people would feel like, well, Zavros coming back isn't such a bad thing either. So I think I'm really going to have to wait it out to see what they do, because they may turn... A character like Davros and this is something interesting and now that you know Terry Nation for obvious reasons doesn't have as strong of a hold of the characters anymore that maybe they could bring back Davros and then the following year have a non Davros Dalek story and uh, you know that might be interesting or if it's a prequel the Daleks might not even be in it at all
4: or some i don't know somehow perhaps the the daleks are going back in time and to to find their creator it's sort of like a Terminator story somewhere in there uh-huh. Who know um but um you know I, as with anything like james said take it with a grain of sand or i should say a a grain of scarrow sand uh, or, or no james said a grain of salt so <laughs> take it with a grain of scarrow sand Um, And we'll see what happens. This all could be hooey. It could be, um, you know, like (laughs) I said, each year there's been um, reports of Davros returning, and it turned out all to be rubbish. So, Mm -hmm. who knows? And even if he does return, it may not be Ben Kingsley. So, any other um, big news stories that we want to cover? I don't think so.
0: Why don't we get into the the bread and the butter? Uh, the
4: bread and butter. So we got salt, we got bread, we got butter. We, we Slowly yeah, we're accumulating easy. a whole meal here cooking on Pod Shock.
2: So, <laughs> well, you know, I'm sorry, there is actually that rather large news story about the fire that took place uh, in Upper Oh, Bank. yeah. Cool. What fire? What
4: happened? I, I'm, I'm, now I might feel like I'm out of touch. What happened?
2: What fire? There, uh, there was a the fire, fire on the that? Set? Yeah, it apparently consumed stage and this is I guess a slight spoiler of um, Roman set that was going to be an episode Um, and they're they're still assessing what apparently they controlled it more than they thought at first they thought that the entire uh, production facility was going to go up I guess
4: oh my god
2: but they managed to limit it I'm sorry sorry, they managed to limit it to just uh, Damaging the set for one particular episode. Wow! It's going to be apparently something like that in Rome. So they're wow. They're scrambling trying to how to um, group from that because apparently they location filming already in Italy, and so they don't know that they can just dump the story and do something completely new.
0: Yeah, I was going to add that it that it was in Italy and and the. The reason for that is that um, the fantastic series of Rome, um, the BBC series, was filmed a lot in in Rome, funnily enough, but it was filmed in um, a very iconic film studio whose name escapes me. I'm just trying to figure it out now because I read about this story first on the BBC website before then the news came out about uh, Doctor Who because they, they wanted to use some of the sets that they used in Rome. Um, and not all of them have been completely destroyed. Um, some of them are still nicely intact, so they can still use them. And as you know, as oh. we we're saying, they've been scrambling around to try and, and sort out what they can and can't use, I guess. And uh, But as as far as I understand it, things are good to go. They're just sort of uh, deciding um, maybe, I don't know if they have to do any major rewrites. I don't think so. Um, from what it sounds like, but yeah, he's quite right that uh, initially they thought the fire was pretty bad and that they had no possibility of of going back to to use this at the theatre. But it it seems okay, I think. They even used it, um, oh gosh, what was that, other American uh, series that was was, uh, featured recently that was also produced in Rome. because I know that they did a lot of of um, the classic um, films like Ben Hur and things there, uh, and Vadis and things like that. But I, I think the yeah. name of the the the, um, the place is Cinestia or something like that, if memory serves. Like Film City in Italian, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, it, it looked pretty bad at one stage, but hopefully everything's okay.
4: Yeah, Dave and I in the chat. In our, on our live chat session, uh, mentioned that HBO Rome is I guess was that, shot there too. Is that the or Is that the one in the same BBC? I, I don't
2: watch the series. I think it's, I think it's a HBO BBC co-production. Okay, that's what it. I was sure. guessing.
0: So, okay. But I only know it's the BBC because I've only ever seen it here um, in the UK. But um, I I just can't I can't think of one other thing I was thinking of something very uh, recent which was American, but I can't so I can't think. Okay, well
4: thought. I'm. Sure, someone will email us, letting us know what Roman series or television show that was. Yeah. So yeah, that's horrible news. I hadn't heard of this, so it must have happened. I guess fairly recently. I, I yeah, um, yesterday. yeah, yesterday. Yes, yeah, I haven't been on top of the news the last like twenty-four hours or so, so um, that would make sense. Okay. Wow. So um, we'll we'll move on to um our topic for today's show is um a while ago back when we were wrapping up our live shows that were reviewing the series i had put out to into the forums um any any ideas that our listeners may have for our live shows to get some feedback there and i got some great feedback and uh one of them was a suggestion about talking about um you know their favorite companions so and in a sense, that's what the show is about. But just kind of twisting it a little bit by putting yourself, putting yourself in the shoes of the doctor, and if you were the doctor, who you would pick for your companion or companions, and um, and it's you know comes out to be may not be your favorite companion. It could be um, you know <laughs> it, it, your favorite companion may not be the one that you may choose to um, have on board with you. But who knows? Before the show, and I I think maybe James had asked me, or whatever, or someone had asked if this was, um, you know, could mean anyone. I was just thinking past companions, whatever. But I I guess we could open it up to, um, you know, um, anyone that you consider to be um, that would be a good companion. I, 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 you know, who knows?
0: So Mm, um, maybe even possible access for future companions, even that could feature in on series. Five, yeah six, mm-hmm. um, as well
4: well i was going to say for myself i would um you know i i, I was going to pick a few because uh, i'm definitely a multi-companion doctor
0: <laughs> if,
4: if, if i had a tortoise there i i would definitely be um i would have a tortoise crew i wouldn't just have just like one companion um it's either a, a crew or i'll be just going solo so it's either like um feast or fathom and um and basically um i i know I'll, I'll i'll rattle off some of the companions that i would pick and uh, um one i know dave i, I one i know that um Darth skeptical will agree with me and one i know that he definitely won't agree with me <laughs> so um i'll <laughs> start with um since i'm a green chap i'll i'll start with the um um oh my god my, um sarah, um sarah, sarah jane smith I was gonna say Liz Laden. <laughs> so uh yeah, I thought I, I I probably would pick her and um I would I would um then also just and again just to mix it up a bit is um I would get Jamie, I would pick um and then possibly and this is the one that I know uh would kinda of rattle Darth a bit, is um the mouth on legs, Tegan Javanka. <laughs> And uh funeral man. And then and then I I would probably pick someone else outside, um, which I didn't really give any thought of as far as um you know, I, I would I would pick a new companion that we hadn't seen before as well. Uh and this is not to say that there are any other companions like there are others out there that I would um would consider as well. You know, um Romana had came into mine and uh but I don't – even though Ramana is one of my favorite companions, I'm not sure I would – she would work well with me. And, um, you know, there's plenty to choose from. But I guess off the top of my head, those would come to my to my mind most readily. And – oh, and, and I guess if you consider um, – you know, I'm a tech guy, so I guess I <laughs> – <laughs> I I guess, you know, a, a, a K nine unit wouldn't hurt either, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: so um let's see. I mean now why? And that's a that's a difficult question. Um obviously, um I I don't know well it, it's it's kinda hard to kind of pinpoint or, or, or list criteria or uh, reasons why, um, as far as Sarah Jane Smith goes, um, I I really, I I mean, I I liked her as an investigative um, reporter who, um, a a sort of a no nonsense investigative reporter type of um, character that, that, that she was definitely um, uh, was when she was introduced and um, not that she got less so after the series progressed on, but she obviously as a companion, she wasn't um, a reporter, a reporter anymore. So, uh, but she was still. Um, I don't know. She she's she's very loyal. She's um, um,
5: it's
4: sensible. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, like again, I can't really kind of spell out the ingredients, but there's just something about her that that just seemed to mesh well. Of of course, um, I always felt Jamie and uh, Patrick Troughton always had great chemistry together, and he was the companion for basically from the beginning to the end with Pat and Tr- Pat Trouton. And I I think um, those two worked very well together. It's nice to have some good calves on board as well. So. <laughs> And then um okay, Tegan that, 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 that some people question that but um she had energy, she's um she had spunk. <laughs>
0: Not much is true. And uh, um,
4: and and again she w- w- wouldn't hesitate to um to argue and to to you know make another point known or uh, um um somehow um get through some of my thick head in this perhaps and um and as i said um as, as far as um just for tech sake and having uh being a um a geek at heart i, I can't deny it, have, that it would be cool to have a k9 unit you know <laughs> have uh, it, it's um basically the iphone on um on wheels <laughs> mm-hmm. So there you go. Those are my selections. And then, of course, I would also pick someone else that we hadn't seen or heard from—someone um, new and different. And I, that's, I, I didn't give any thought about any other you know, existing people in history or or, or whatnot. I was just thinking I would find someone that um, to kind of round it all off. And they wouldn't all go out of the titles at the same time. <laughs>
0: mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Otherwise, that would be pretty difficult to fit everybody in. I think. <laughs>
4: Well, no, Well, it's bigger on the inside than the out.
0: <laughs>
4: so, um, James, what, do you have any thoughts on this?
0: Well, I thought long and hard about this when you posted me the question, when you posed the question. So much so that I didn't even post in the forums about it. Um, just because I think it's a really difficult question. Surprisingly. It is. Um, more than I ever thought it would be, because there are just so many great path companions to choose from. Which is why I asked you the question of whether or not we could pick anyone from, you know, space and time, or you know, just for the funnies, just to have someone in there that you necessarily wouldn't expect, uh, just to be kind of a bit crazy. But I think, for me, I, the way it stands, I'm, I'm. I wasn't thinking in terms of being the Doctor, I was just thinking in terms of how it would fit in nicely with the next series, not obviously not Series 4, but Series 5 or Series 6, or whatever. Um, and for me, I don't think Sarah-Jane Sarah would work, because she's kind of got her own series now, of course, and not only that, but, you know, I think that we've kind of explored that side of things um, nicely in school reunion. And, I think there is such a a thing as having too much of a good thing. I wouldn't like to have Sarah Jane on board too much, because we've kind of been there and done that. Um, But I really like the character of Harry Sullivan. When he and Sarah Jane were together on the TARDIS with the Fourth Doctor, I thought that was a great combination, and a really sort of interesting... um, play on things, particularly because, you know, Sarah Jane was this, you know, 60s feminist all about women's rights and um, coming through with things. And then you have this kind of sadistic, well, sadistic isn't the word that I'm looking for. What am I looking for? chauvinist, that's the word I'm looking for, and, and, and really quite almost like a bumbling fool, a bit of a buffoon, which I, I quite, a lot of people didn't like that about Harry, but I thought it was quite funny and quite comical. Plus he was almost like, I think that even, as soon as I saw the character of Captain Jack in the 2005 series, I almost thought that he was like the new Harry because he was the kind of guy who could be the sort of action man, that the Doctor, you know, the Doctor is very much about sort of non-violence and, you know, not causing any harm and and only, um, but still remaining and acting and doing what's right. So he's always kind of needed an action man or some form of character who can do, almost like his dirty work for him when required. And I thought that Harry Sullivan was was that side of character of things for the 60s whereas Captain Jack is that for sort of the noughties and the nineties. And I wondered, I mean, I I think obviously it wouldn't be possible um, to do that now because obviously um, Ian Marta, the the actor who played Harry Sullivan, Harry Sullivan sadly passed away in the, um, in the eighties or something. So um, that wouldn't be possible. But I think that, that, Aside from Sarah Jane, he's probably the companion which most people could pick out in their brains, because I guess Tom Baker is the most well-known Doctor, not necessarily the most popular uh, amongst fans, but the the most well-known from um, from the public's point of view. Mm-hmm. Certainly they seem to show an awful lot of reruns where Harry is a companion and where Sarah Jane is a companion. So I don't know whether it would be interesting to have him on board. But that would—I think it would be interesting, just maybe even for only a couple of episodes or something.
4: I, I thought his chemistry did work very well, and again, playing well for Sarah Jane Smith and uh, the Fourth Doctor. I, you know, and and I always loved the the um, the banter between the Fourth Doctor and Harry yeah, that's what Sullivan. I mean. You know, Harry yeah. Sullivan is an imbecile. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and, um, he, he was know, um, despite of himself that, you know, he he got through things and, um, you know, and, and, and he played off Sarah Jane well, you know, in addition.
0: Yeah, that was my feeling. And secondly to that, I'd have to say that I absolutely adored the character of Romana. And I don't know how on earth they could bring her back um, to be a companion on the show. But I think that would be nice to have a time lady around just for a brief period, maybe. See,
4: I I I wasn't really prefacing this on on you know bringing the, anyone back into the series. Uh, that could be another you know an, another viewpoint as well. I, I mean and the ones that I picked, I'm not sure if I would want having returned to the series in any way. But you know I'm just. you
0: are just saying those are the people that you would have in your target. <laughs>
4: well, picking from the past, uh, um, I mean, like I said, it's it's it's, it's there's, there's so many to pick from and um. You know, but as, like I said, it just um, off the top of my head that I didn't really give it too much thought, you know, and I didn't want to belabor it too much. But, yeah. Hmm.
0: And I, I don't think I'd choose any more from the, the classic side of things. I think I would, from ter- in terms of um, new sort of un- coming actors or actresses who I'd like to see as companions, I think that's an even harder question, because there are just so many great actors out there right now. Um, and there's kind of almost a, a resurgence in British movies and British television, um, and it is a very awesome time um, to to be a, a viewer of television and the films, particularly the British side of things. I think there's a lot going on. and. Um, there isn't a lot of great drama out there, so I don't know if I could choose anyone. I think that that even when when the production team does choose someone to be the new companion, certainly the trend has been for the past this newer series, this is the revival, if you want to call it. Everyone, well not everyone, but there's been a lot of hostility out there and animosity towards the new companions. When really we haven't seen. A great deal of them. Um, I mean, You're talking about Donna. I'm talking about Donna in particular. Yeah. But uh, with Rose, when we first found out that Billy Piper was going to be a, a new companion, um, everyone was kind of outraged, and I was a bit confused about it as well because I'd only ever seen her as this pop star. I never really liked her very much. And then when Martha came along, you know, everybody. Well, I think Martha probably was the one that people had to take some time to warm to, and, and that's really difficult if you're the second companion when people, because people did, once Billy Piper settled into the role, people did have an awful lot of affection for her, and I think that, um, that Freema Adjuman had a bit of difficulty settling in on that side, it's always got to be difficult when, you know, the lead companion has just left after, after two series and was, was much loved, but I think she did a great job. And now there seems to be this huge sort of hatred for Donna when really we've only seen her in, in one episode. We don't know. There could be a, lot, a whole um, really interesting... Uh, it's an interesting opportunity to, to portray her character. Her character seems to have a lot of depth to it. And you know, maybe she's not merely as just stupid as everybody seems. So I'm, I'm quite, I guess all I'm trying to say is that I'm quite excited about the fact that we're seeing Donna... Um, coming back, so maybe I would even have to choose her, to choose <laughs> Catherine, just to be the Simon Cowell and to do something a bit controversial and a bit silly. Um, I think that I would would choose. I think she's. I think that she was a very interesting character, and I think it's nice also that for once we might have this character where. Um, the Doctor won't fall in love with her, and she won't want to fall in love with him, and I think that we've covered that in the, the time. Yeah. It's time to move on, and just have a companion who's fun and interesting and different, and it doesn't have to be about love, it can just be about the, the travelling stuff there. Mm-hmm. And also, it, it's, I think she's going to be the sort of character who, who can very much fight her own corner, and, be a loud mouth and argumentative and not just go along with what the doctor says. Um, that was particularly with the classic series what really annoyed me was just they'd do whatever the doctor said and wouldn't question it. And with Rose we saw a bit more of her sort of tenacity, and, and she wasn't always going to do with what the doctor said if she disagreed with it on a moral standpoint. The Unquiet Dead comes to mind. And I'd really like to see that a lot with Donna. And I yeah. think that she, she although she might not be the classical choice for a companion, I think she's going to be a fun one. We'll have to wait and see you know who knows she could be the best companion in the yet let's just give her a chance
4: yeah, let's give her a chance. That's what I always say i mean we there was a lot of um you know um questioning about her when she was originally cast for the the, the runaway bride, and everyone was fearful about that and um and i I think you know th- runaway bride had its own set of problems outside of catherine tate not that i think she was a problem but um there are those that did and um but i i think there was a lot of turmoil in that with her character she was just whisked away from her wedding and she she's a feisty girl after all and so yeah there was a lot of shouting and all that but i don't think that's going to be something that will be um, maintained throughout the whole entire series. I think that level of... Um, th- that would still, th- that will come back here and there when it's warranted, but I don't think it's going to be a shouting mash
0: through the whole yeah, entire series. But it was the, the right way to introduce that sort of a character, is that she was just utterly confused. And how on earth would you react if you were swept away from your wedding in such a manner? You would be confused and angry and upset. So, And not only that, you find out that your boyfriend is complete or Beyonce, I should say, is a complete idiot. So yeah. you know, I think it will be fun and interesting and different. So I mean, That's, if
4: you look at moments on the rooftop with her and the doctor, and I, I thought that worked very well, where she's you know settled down and she's still feisty, but you know she's not screaming and they're talking. I, I mean, I think she can work very well as a companion, and we'll wait and see and see how it turns out. I, I I'm not in the camp of being fearful, and um, you know I, I I'm being optimistic, and um, let's see what happens. I. Yeah. I think it might work out well.
0: Absolutely. Well, having said that, gentlemen, I think I shall uh, step off and let other people uh, make their contributions. But thank you for having me on, even though it's a brief brief appearance on the show uh, this week. But uh, I guess we're back with another studio episode next week, Lewis. It's,
4: um, we're, I'll be in touch with you as far as that goes. We're, we're having some scheduled difficulties, but you know, we'll, we can talk. we'll let you know. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay, thanks a lot, mate. Sorry to uh, leave so early, but uh, I'm really looking forward to listening back to this one and seeing what everybody else has to say.
4: All right, well, thanks again, James, as always. Um, we'll see you next time, and um, everyone can get, look forward to hearing more of James in an upcoming After Talk episode, and we have uh, another studio show after that, too, so we, which James is on board with. So.
0: I will be. So cheers, right. everyone.
4: Take care. Cheers, thanks, see James. See you all
0: soon. Bye. Bye.
4: Cheers. So stepping into James's shoes, another bloke from the UK. You know him as Dave. Hello,
5: Dave. Hi, Louis. Hi. Good to have you back on the show. We can talk about him now. Can we? Is he gone. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes, he's gone. <laughs> no, no, he's a, he's a good chap. And so as and and so as as well as you are, Dave, as well. So. Um, we're going to move along to um, Mr. Darth. We haven't heard from you. You've been very quiet on this. So, Darth, you are Dr. Darth now. Who do you get as, who who are you grabbing as a companion?
2: Oh, good Lord. Uh, Well, you know, like you, uh, I'd like a full TARDIS as well. Um, And I I think like you as well, I, I don't think that the people that I would necessarily choose to travel around the universe with would be necessarily the ones that I would want to watch on TV the most. So for me, I mean, Sarah Jane's not really even in the running for this, oddly enough. Um, That is oddly enough for you. Yeah. I I mean, first up, I would want Steven Taylor. Um, Because he... If you really watch the the progression and development of that character over time, he becomes somebody who... Echoes the doctor's morality and viewpoints very well, and he's also somebody that you know can defend you in a fight, um, both physically and at some points even, um, you know, uh, argumentatively. He's just a really, really strong character that unfortunately a lot of people have forgotten about. Uh, so I would definitely. And the other thing that's really good about him is that like Captain Jack, he's somebody from the future, so therefore he's not going to be thrown by anything that's really going to come his way. I mean, he was given to us in an episode with Daleks, um, and from there he only saw more things that were outrageous. So he's a good, stable guy to have It's the core of your companions. Um, mm-hmm. I'd probably also choose Liz um, because she would be you know the scientific person that you could talk to and spin your theories about and mm-hmm. so she'd be a really good sounding board. Um, also, the thing about Liz, there, there have been scientific companions before in the sense of like Zoe and Nissa. Mm-hmm. The thing that's good about Liz is that Liz also has a lot of spunk to her. Um, so she's got both the scientific edge and she's also got a very well developed personality as well. Um, and then I'd probably throw in Lucy from the um, – ah. BBC Seven series mm-hmm. as as my kind of I guess you would say my kind of Tegan um, uh, just because yeah she is loud and brash but at the heart of it she's really going to back you up all the time and you get the sense that she really does like traveling in the TARDIS um, so that's kind of who I would choose if I were to be the Doctor but you know that doesn't necessarily answer questions of who would make good companions for the future, although maybe it does. Um, I I really would like to see at some point for Lucy to become a television companion as well, although she does have a busy career elsewhere. Um, it would be very nice for her to be chosen as um, a television companion. And indeed, of all the people that we saw in 2007 on Doctor Who, I, I would choose her even over – like Sally Sparrow. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't really have that many strong feelings about, um, you know, just said that, about who might come in the future, except to say that in the future there really does need to be a standing male companion. Um, I, I think that's a dynamic that has been missing and just like you know uh, James would point out with Harry you know it, it doesn't necessarily matter if that male companion is you know archetypal in the sense that he can shoot guns and act all physically it's it's just it would be very good to have a different perspective a different male perspective on board the TARDIS for dramatic reasons
4: yeah we had Captain um, and, Jack but he was he's sort of like a passing through companion not a like you know, a steady yeah. companion.
2: Yeah, I mean, certainly there's a lot of implied time that he spent about TARDIS, where, you know, various spinoff media have been filling in stories, but there's not, like, you know, there, there are only, what, six episodes? No, 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 no. No, that's eight episodes, I guess, that he's in. I'm surprised it's even happening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't feel like that much because he was in one three-parter and two two two-parters. So it's really only three stories, I guess it is. Mm -hmm. But there are eight episodes. Um, But I think there really does need to be some kind of standing male companion, and I hope that they look for that.
4: No, I agree. I agree.
2: Yeah. Um, You know, what would be interesting to me, and they kind of flirted with the idea a little bit when they brought on Mickey... Is I, I think it would be good if there there was a romantic triangle on board the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if we, if we were accepting the paradigm of the companion sort of being in love with the Doctor, I think it would be good if there was a true <laughs> menage a trois on board the TARDIS. Because um, I think that the, the interplay of an actual act of romance being carried on board the TARDIS would be Intriguing to deal with. I mean, you know, from the first series, I mean, the actual first series, the 63 series, um, to have not had Barbara and Ian
1: even implied,
2: yeah, to not even imply that they were romantically involved was, I think, a tragic miscarriage of reality. They had to have been um and it it would be nice to have something like that again,
4: mm. yeah, that's interesting, yeah i mean we it's it was sort of hinted at and not really i mean just barely hinted at in the towards the end of the Christopher Eckerson series, with captain Jack on board and, and and um sort of like both biting affection for Rose a bit um but not not full head on as you and I, as a um triangle.
2: Right, but even that was, I think, very dramatically interesting and comedically interesting as well.
4: Yeah,
2: and it, it would be nice to have that running through.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was all too be, too brief, so
2: it would be yeah. great. to have I mean, that like as an ongoing. There thing are like, a lot of people. Uh, yeah, I think there are a lot of people who would be not in favor of that idea. They would see it as you know, real turning the show into a soap opera. But I mean, it's a realistic portrayal of what would probably happen.
4: Yeah, you know, either you're going to get on each other's nerves when you're confined in, in, I like to say, a small box, but we know it's bigger on the inside. But when you're right. traveling together for that long of a period, either people are just going to completely rub you the wrong way or you may develop stronger feelings for each other. And, um,
2: you know, it, it's just it's
4: through the course of time that it's just bound to happen. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Darth. And um, we're going to go to Joe, who's been very quiet. Hello, Joe. Hello. So you're the Dr. Joe. Dr. Joe, who do you pick for your companions?
3: Well, I've been thinking about this question for several minutes now. And uh, it's tough that, you know, because I'm sort of thinking, like, who would be the best companion for, like, dramatic purposes? And who would really just be the easiest companion for me to deal with? And, um, you know, there's companions like uh, Joe Grant who would probably be one of the easiest to travel with since every single thing the doctor did was brilliant to her. And it would probably just be a really easy time for me if I was the doctor to just have someone that overwhelmingly agreeable. But at the same time, as far as, like, dramatic purposes, though, like, I certainly wouldn't want to see that sort of setup again. You know, um, I was actually thinking as far as dramatic purposes, um, I've always liked the multi-companion stories. Uh, I'm a big fan of, you know, like, Jamie and Zoe, Jamie Victoria, you know, I enjoyed, uh, Sarah Jane and Harry, um, You know, Tegan and Turlo, I enjoyed a lot. So, you know, thinking about those sort of dynamics, I think one of my absolute favorite uh, dynamics in the show was the whole idea with, you know, Tegan and Turlo having this sort of morally ambiguous character that you weren't quite sure who he was really, like, if he was helping himself, if he was helping the doctor, if they were working as a team, and he'd sort of go back and forth between whatever was beneficial for him. And uh, that's a sort of companion concept that we don't get to see that often that I think would really, you know, is something that really brings about this dramatic level because not only is there a threat outside the TARDIS, but even inside to a certain extent. And, you know, a combination, like, um, I was thinking, you know, something like a Jamie and Turlo sort of combination where you have, you know, Jamie, who's this loyal companion who will see you to the bitter end, and Turlo, who is completely for himself, almost all of the time, and who even, you know, went as far as to try to kill the Doctor Um, who went out of his way to, you know, hurt others in order to save himself, to hurt others to save the doctor and himself. And, like, that would, I think, would be a very interesting, you know, combination, because then you'd have, you know, like, I could see a companion like Jamie, you know, trying to warn the doctor about this character uh, you know, just wanted to warn him about Turlow, you know, threaten Turlow. I think that would be like a really amazing dynamic. Like I could easily see Jamie like physically threatening Turlow with his knife, you know, and saying, you know, like I, I'm on to you, you know, the doctor's forgiving, but I'm not sort of, you know, dynamic that, you know, we didn't quite see with you know tegan and turlow but i think a combination like that would just be absolutely brilliant and something that i think the show would benefit from even if it was for only half a season i think that would be just brilliant
2: hmm. yeah you know the, the whole turlow
4: uh character back in the obviously back in the 80s um Introduce a interesting um, plot into the TARDIS, where you, a story arc rather, where you had a companion that was actually um, out to, uh, you know, that was out against the Doctor, you know, initially, and was working for the, the Black Guardian, and so um, that made things a little bit uh, different because that was you never really had a companion that was um, had alternative motives and you know on board the TARDIS that was. Um, it just mixed things up a bit. So uh, what you're saying is something similar to that.
3: Yeah, no, I think that's excellent. And I mean, it's something that's been hinted at before, for briefer periods of time, like uh, in Time Warrior with Sarah Jane, when they introduce her, you know, she's working against the doctor at points because she doesn't know you know, she's really, you know, confused. She doesn't know the doctor. She doesn't really know what's going on, and she sees the doctor as a threat, you know, for part of that story, and, you know, I just thought that was brilliant and one of the, you know, best stories of that era, you know, with John Pertwee's era, and I thought they had used someone like Turlo to explore that sort of idea more thoroughly, and
0: you know, it was
3: just great because, uh, you know, the fifth doctor was even able to see, you know, at different points that Turlo, you know, had this different set of morals and was selfish. But at the same time, he never kicked Turlo out because he was, you know, he was forgiving and he understood that, you know, not everyone has the same set of morals as he does and, you know, was willing to give him a chance. And they've even, they fought, especially in, you know, planet of fire where, you know, uh, the fifth doctor blatantly says, you know, if you do this, our friendship is at an end, you know, something that we never really quite see in the classic series. And, we sort of get that hinted at in uh, the long game with Christopher Eccleston when he gets rid of Adam. But, you know, at the same time, I don't think the drama was quite as high as it was in in, uh, Davison's era at that point. And I would like to see something like that again, where, you know, there is that sort of tension, there is this, character who you don't know what he's going to do. You don't know if he's going to save you. You don't know if he's going to run away. You don't know if he's going to aid the people that are trying to kill you. And
4: it might've been interesting if, uh the master joined the doctor for a bit there, you know, um, it, it would have. Uh, it might have been a similar to that whole Bolter on on board the Galactica type of thing, though. But it might have been yes. interesting having him on board and not knowing whether he's or or even going back to Blake Seven with um, Avon and not n- knowing for sure if he was um, helping Blake or not, and he was only out for his own good or not. So um, it could have had that sort of interplay on board um, the TARDIS
1: for a brief while.
3: Exactly. And going back to um, I think what Ken said um, a couple weeks ago at the last uh, live show when he was talking about, you know, how to create, you know, drama and tension, how in Doctor Who, you know, you don't have the same tools with you because it's a more family oriented show that you can't just, you know, pull out a gun and start cursing and threatening people to the, in certain ways that you know the benefit of you know non family oriented television has to create instant tension by having a character who might be working against you that's so close to you you can create that sort of tension and still keep it you know it's sort of like a PG sort of level that's appropriate for you know family and you know, just something that I think, you know, personally would just add a great deal of drama to, especially if it's something that's more like the companion against the companion the doctor's almost not even involved in it and it isn't even quite sure that it's going on. You know, like that sort of concept, I think, is something that hasn't been touched upon enough in the show and I think would be just you know, excellent, maybe even having that, you know, doing something where it's, you know, the male companion protecting the doctor from this, you know, sadistic female companion that might be a little bit of a twist compared to what they've done in the past and could be, you know, an interesting way to go.
4: So you're saying if you were the doctor, you would like a TARDIS full of, um <laughs> full of mayhem.
3: I, I... I would like a little bit of drama. I'd like, uh, you know, because it would get boring traveling 900 years with someone going, yes, doctor, what's that, doctor? Oh, no. You know, like, that would just after... That would probably get boring after about six weeks. So, you know, I couldn't imagine having absolutely, you know... No it's like casting
4: for one of these reality shows, you know, where you, you, you're you trying to mix up everyone so that there's drama and turmoil inside the big house so that um it makes good television.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's a lot more interesting, you know. I'd rather have a little bit of unpredictability because, you know, I have a few lives to spare anyway. <laughs> you know, like, might as well have some fun with it.
4: All right, well. Um, it's, it's, it's a good perspective, Joe. Thank you for um, chiming in with it. And speaking of chiming in, if you'd like to chime in, please call us at 724-444-7444. Our TalkCast ID number is 23358, and um, that's, um, that's through TalkShoe, talkshoe.com. If you don't have an account, it's a free account. Uh, you can call in. Uh, it will ask you for your um, the, the, the TalkCast ID number, which is two. Three three five eight and your uh, PIN number, which is um, a um, number of your choosing, and um, you can just chime in on the show and participate with us. Uh, we do have um, we do have one person um, waiting in the wings, waiting to be heard, and that's um, Fairpoint, and we're going to get to um, to that right now. But please, if you, anyone else would like to uh, join in the discussion, please enter the queue. It's in the upper right hand corner on the TalkShoe client. Um, your turn there and let mm-hmm. us know that you are uh, that you like to um call into the show hello fair fair point are you fair point fair, fair <laughs> point i'm sorry
1: good morning gentlemen Good morning how are you i'm doing well uh, can everybody hear me fairly well yeah you sound good excellent excellent um well, it seems like Two of my three choices have already been brought up, but I'll will quickly recap. Um anybody who knows me knows my love for the second doctor stories. Uh so Jamie is just a must. Absolutely. Um to be quite honest, nobody can run down the same hallway over and over again with the same finesse as a Trouton and a Hines. Well um, <laughs> that's true. Um, I was going to mention, and I thought this was – nobody else was going to mention this. I thought it was going to be free and clear, but Darth – oh, well. Uh, Lucy Miller. Sorry, um, man. No, no worries. Um, I am, I'm falling deeply in love with these radio plays. And um, at first I thought, Lucy, it's it's Teagan Mott too, but her character has grown. It's um, possibly uh, – I hate to say more exciting even than this previous season of Doctor Who – But, um, yeah, I would love to see her actually show up at some point on the official BBC series, but I have no idea if that will ever happen. Um, The third choice, and um, I know I'm not going to have any happy people with this one, especially Darth. I have to go with Ace. And um, the reason being, well, one, this girl with a bat. She can take out a Dalek. I, I, she's on my team. She, I'm picking her. She's gonna be there. Um, second of all, you can definitely hold her
4: on ground. That's for sure.
1: Exactly. Um, but the other reason is, is, quite honestly, is because she was my first crush. 1988, 89, 13 years old. Um, she's coming along in my TARDIS. She's there. I want her around. But um, those three pretty much would make up for my rowdy crew. Um, I I have to mention that I really respect James's choice of Donna. Um, this time around, I am very excited about her coming back to the series. I know that's not a popular choice, um, but and I know I've already mentioned this on the forum, but I always felt like, especially with the new series, the companions have always somewhat represented different aspects of the Doctor. Rose was Reflected the doctor's love of adventure and discovery. Martha, you know, um, represented the doctor's need and ability to heal. But the Donna character seemed to have this deep sense of loneliness that I know that, you know, the doctor obviously has. And I, I feel like if the writers embrace and cultivate that notion, this could be the best season. And, um,
4: yeah, I'm wondering if they're gonna to touch upon that. It's a good point. I think you made a mention of that in our forums, and I, I thought I, when I first read it, I said, "Oh, that's very interesting." I'm wondering if they're gonna draw upon that. It's gonna be interesting to see if, if they do or not. It'd be a, a wasted opportunity if they kind of don't kind of you know at least touch upon that once in a while.
1: I know. I at I, I least hope that we see the same Donna um, that um, we saw at the end of uh, the Runway Bride. Um, I I hope they don't do what I call the another 48 hour syndrome where the writers feel like, well, we need to have the exact same tension between the characters as there were in the first film. So they concoct some, you know, um, horrible, you know, scenario where the characters, you know, have the same tension as they did at the beginning. I I don't want to see that Um, character grew after the first, um, the first episode. Um, I, I think, that, that would make for a far more interesting companion than the one that's yelling at you you know, from beginning to end um, about wanting to get back home. So, I don't know, keeping my fingers crossed this season and uh, hoping that all my friends don't, um, um, at least that they're not right about how bad uh, the character's drawn out. So I, I pretty much, I think covers it for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Uh,
4: you know that whole the whole thing about Donna, I I think is a bit I don't know overblown perhaps. I, we'll, we'll, let's just wait and see how it, it turns out. I think you're right. I think the character did um, progress through the Runaway Bride, and uh, the Donna that we see at the end of the Runaway Bride is not the same Donna that we saw in the beginning of the Runaway Bride. And um, let's hope you know we get that you know it picks up where we left off, and 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 we take it from there. And I think it will be interesting.
1: Absolutely. Um, I, I think maybe some of this negative vibe uh, comes from the fact that uh, maybe so many people in Britain already know Catherine Tate, and I, you know, I hardly know anything else that she's done outside of Doctor Who, but you – know, so I, I'm pretty much coming you know, at this entirely fresh – I have no preconceived notions of, of her acting ability just from what I've seen from the first episode, so I, I hope everybody gives her a good chance.
4: Yeah, I I think it's going to be interesting. We we already have uh, the first photo of Donna and the doctor, and um, that's been posted on Outpost Gallifrey and on our site, um, gallifreyandmc.org as well. Uh, I think it was originally on The Sun. So, um, um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing where we go with with her. And then we know that Martha will be returning, and I'm wondering if we're going to have a – um, a multi-companion TARDIS once again, since we've been talking about um, multiple companions, I don't think any of us just picked one companion and it'd be interesting to see how those two play with each other. You have Martha and Donner and the Doctor on board the same
0: TARDIS.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I think that's I, definitely my choice. And, um, but um, I think, uh, I'm, like James, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to head out Okay.
4: Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your input there. Um uh Fairport. Fairport. I want to say point. I, I I keep on thinking of that uh Far Point, that Star Trek Next Generation episode and <laughs> <laughs> that keeps on coming out rolling off my tongue. All right, thank you so much.
1: Thanks. See you guys. Bye bye.
4: Well, um when I was uh going about uh since um since Dave had stepped into James's shoes and James had already give, gave his uh, choices there, I failed to uh, go back to, uh, to Dave because um, he was staying in James's stead. So, um, Dave, you're the doctor, Dr. Dave. Who do you Hi think goodness. are your
5: companions? Hi. <clears throat> well, yeah, uh, just before I start, I, I hope uh, I ought to just say to uh, people who are listening to this who have only got into Doctor Who from the... Uh, the new series, the last three series. I hope they're not all turned off by the fact that, that we're mentioning lots of uh, past Compassion companions from the classic series, but um, there really is such a backlog and a, a wealth of people who, who've been on Doctor Who and, and have travelled in the TARDIS that I suppose in some way it's inevitable that uh, fans, long-standing fans like ourselves, um, may... Um, throw up a lot of names that some of these people haven't heard of so um, please people listening if you if you hear some names that we mention you can go online and, and, and check out uh, some of the backgrounds because really um, there have been a rich quality and diversity of companions in the past and a lot of them um, really stand up very well uh, to today's companions and in my particular case um, probably eclipse them um, I'd agree with uh, what other people have said. I would like, um, I think, three uh, companions in my TARDIS. Um, uh, choosing three is so that w- with me alongside them, you know, you've know, you got uh, two pairs, you can all go, uh, work together, you can split them into two pairs. Although, <laughs> as I wrote that down, from a story point of view, that's not going to be very good, is it? Because, as we all know, How many stories have started by the one companion, you know, going round the corner, uh, just investigating a little bit, just wandering off on their own, Uh, and that, uh, you know, the Perils of Pauline type idea, uh, and that's how the episode kicks off. But I still think I would like Three Companions, and as, again, people listening now, uh, we have a a chat going on, uh, a text chat going on at the same time, and people have been saying... I bet Dave chooses Zoe. Oh, well, of course I'll choose Zoe. I mean, I've got her draped on my TARDIS console already. Um, But the reason I've chosen, of course, is because she's such a a great mathematician. Uh, uh, She's from the future. She's, uh, in some cases, been said to be the equal, certainly of the second Doctor that she was with. And I think she would make a marvellous companion. And the other female companion I'd have, uh, that's a little bit more of a toss-up. I like Tegan, and I know uh, I'm not in the majority here, but I like Tegan, but I also like Perry. So I'd have a really difficult choice of choosing Tegan or Perry. And um, Perry, both gutsy girls, both um, prepared to answer the doctor back, both um, prepared to sort of... um, see where the child is leads. If the doctor gets injured or needs the zero room or whatever it is, you, you could you could trust these girls to be protected and on your side. But I also agree with Darth, I think you should have uh, one male companion. Uh, and although um, I thought about Stephen from very early days, uh, I think my male companion comes down to, again, a choice of two. Either Jamie McCriminum the Scottish one are Harry Sullivan, the Doctor, and I'm not quite sure which of those two I would choose. Um, very difficult to say why um, uh, Harry Sullivan is is very good. It's um, a little bit old-fashioned, and he he's more concerned about uh, you know showing form and all that sort of thing, and uh, and being a little bit of the uh, the Doctor's conscience well of course jamie as is uh, his dirk and uh, he, he's there to defend the doctor uh, from any threats and also would be protective of the other companions so very difficult to choose and in actual fact louis you've been a bit unfair with us you know you haven't given us long to think about this because uh, i would have found it easier thinking of ones i didn't want in the tardis and i'm going to scoop through these quickly if i may because i'm going to offend people so um I've just named five, maybe six, of that I wouldn't want with me, and I'm going to say them quickly, not say too much about it. I wouldn't want Mel in the tardis with me. Uh, he, uh, she was the companion of the seventh doctor to newer listeners. I wouldn't like but that, the, six, the, the sixth one, doctor sixth six doctor,
4: She was a crossover Hello.
5: companion. Right, thanks, Lucy, for that. Uh, yeah, um, Donna, who's going to come back as a companion. I don't really want them, but, you know, I'm loyal to the show and uh, prepared to watch. Uh, and I wouldn't want Furlough or Adric, And I wouldn't want, and this is the one that's going to upset most of the listeners here, I wouldn't really want K9. Um, I think he's uh, more trouble than he's worth. I mean, uh, he skated round it an awful lot, but there's so many terrains that he couldn't um, get along over that we'd have to keep leaving... Back at the tar discarding it, and um, no, he's not for me. So, so those are my main choices as companions. Now, you, you also said at the beginning, you know, we could possibly think of people that haven't been uh, companions, maybe not even in the show. Now, if we're, oh, w- what I would think of is Sally Sparrow, who has, of course, been in the show, but not yet a companion. But if we're talking about people that have not been in Doctor Who at all, Uh, I've got two choices, Uh, you'll guess why as soon as I say the names, uh, one is um, a a British girl called Connie Han, who's in the Blue Peter, and as we've said before, Blue Peter's got lots of connections with Doctor Who, and she's just about to leave um, Blue Peter at the end of this year, Um, having been on about ten years, I think she would make a marvellous companion. And the other one... uh, and hold my hand up you know, uh, she's just a looker that's standing, Newton so I'm not, I won't say any more than that so I will get in trouble <laughs> But uh, oh and I've got some wild choices two wild choices I think, uh, Lewis, if you'll let me say so one wild choice is I think I'd like to have one of the other doctors in with me I think I'd like the second doctor to come with me, now I don't know whether that would be allowed uh, or whether he'd have to come along in his own uh, time shifted version of the TARDIS I wonder you could have me along because uh, I loved that uh, story and this is another one for newer viewers to check out, the two doctors story um, uh, and I thought that, that was lovely I could see myself going and uh, uh, hoping that Shock is not about and uh, going for a nice meal with the second doctor, so I loved that and here's my wildest choice, Lewis. From Life on Mars, Gene Hunt. How about Wow. <laughs> hey? He'd some mother, wouldn't he? He'd be thumping him <laughs> as soon as he got through. He'd be fighting with the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, it's I, his I way of the highway. Yeah. I just want that in as a tease because that would be really good. And I'm going to finish with one last thing, Lewis. I'm not going to get you up to the two hours today. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just gonna have one TARDIS rule and this is for all my companions. They must change their clothes every day. Yeah well. I'm not having come. it won't be the day. Yeah, I'm not having to wear the same clothes for six months at a time. If they come in, they get they have a shower, get changed every day, fresh for a new adventure. There's a very big bath in the
4: TARDIS. There's a, a swimming pool type of bath there, which everyone can, you know, use at their leisure and um, you know, and, and then, yeah, change of clothes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge wardrobe room. you got plenty to choose from.
5: Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's my one hygiene rule, and then we'll get on famously. That's about yeah, being done, Lewis.
4: I, I remember interviewing John Nathan Turner at, at one point, and I brought that up, and you know he said no yeah they've it's, it's they've always had you know because i said you changed the series so that everyone kind of wears a uniform and um he insisted that that it's been always like that but yeah everyone had distinct looks but they changed It wasn't you know uh, john pertwee you know had a different um um dinner coat you know in in different episodes or whatever and um but wasn't Jane, Jane. Yeah, Sarah
5: Jane changed a bit didn't she she wore those Yeah and, the candy trousers and, and things
4: mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, I, so did, uh, I, I did like did that whole uniform it. look that, that he sort of introduced and and, and stuck with, you know. And, and it took a long time before, you know, Tegan got out of his, her stewardess um, outfit, you know. <laughs> she was so <laughs> definitely um, brewing in that for a while. All right. Well, um, thank you so much, Dave, and thanks everyone for participating. Uh, I also like to um, extend. Um, the regards of Ken, who could not make it. Ken Deep could not make it today's uh, live show, nor could Terras. Uh, but they um, they both send their well wishes to everyone, and hopefully uh, both will be back next time around. We'll be back in two weeks for another live show. And uh, if if you'd like to suggest topics for our live shows, please go to our forums at Gallifrey um, at um, dot org or podshock dot net, and there's a thread. On uh, Pachak Live, there's a forum for that, uh, and please post your ideas there. Uh, we're definitely looking for uh, to hear your feedback on what you'd like to discuss in future live shows. Uh, there've been some pretty good ideas, some uh, suggesting that we can um, take different doctors and uh, you know uh, do a show on each doctor or each era of Doctor Who. Or um, anyway, that go to there, read what others have suggested, and let us hear your thoughts as well. And I'd like to thank Darth um, and um, Joe and James, who's who had to scoot off, and Dave. Thank you so much for today's show. Any um, final words? Nothing I think that's it. You know.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> so um, thanks again, everyone. We'll be back next time, and uh, um, until then, take care. Cheers, everyone. Listening to Doctor Who Pachak live by the Fairwon Galifrin and, and presented by Outpost Gallifrey at Galifray1.com. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Pachak is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Come back next week for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Pachak. You can email us at feedback at Pachak.net.